0: Welcome to the Modern Intimacy Podcast, a show about mental health, sex, relationships, education, how-tos, and those private things we need to talk about more publicly with no restrictions. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Balistrieri. As a licensed psychologist, certified sex therapist, and certified sex addiction therapist, I know that mental health is directly tied to the quality of our relationships and our sex lives. I am passionate in my desire to smash stigmas about both and shine a light on relationship and societal issues that may be negatively affecting us. During this podcast, I will also give you practical answers and insights to questions you're asking about or have been hoping to solve. We should all have fulfilled happy lives, erasing shame and stigmas and building healthy connections. Let's do that by getting curious together. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Intimacy podcast. In April, we are talking about all things pleasure. And so all of our podcasts and our content in social media and on our Substack are surrounding the various dimensions of pleasure, sexual, sensual, and otherwise. So if you're not already following us on Substack, feel free to check us out there, drkatebalistrary.substack.com. So today on the podcast, I received a question from a man named Eric, who wrote in and said he's in his 40s, and he said, I feel dull and disconnected from sex lately. My wife said I neglect myself since the pandemic, and that's why I don't feel a lot of sexual interest or pleasure. I'm not depressed and don't have any trouble with erections when my wife initiates, but I just kind of feel out of touch with sex lately. How do I get my sex drive back? I love this question so much. One, because it's so vulnerable, but two, because there are a lot of possible reasons why Eric might've lost his relationship to sexual interest, desire, or pleasure. So to help me answer this question and talk a little bit more about pleasure in general, I've invited today a man named Court Fox to the podcast. And Court is a certified sex and intimacy coach, a surrogate partner intern, and sacred intimate based in Los Angeles. He's a member of the World Association of Sex Coaches, founder of The Body Vox, and co-founder of Squirm, a company that makes objects for various sensory experiences. Court is a guide for a vast spectrum of individuals and those in relationships seeking more in their erotic and intimate lives. Court, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, can you say just a little bit more about the work that you do before we address Eric's question?
1: Yeah. So I'm a somatic sex intimacy coach. Um, So somatic means of the body. So unlike a traditional coach or therapist, I work with experiential learning. I work with body-based exercises and I also facilitate learning through touch. Um, I pull from a couple different modalities, somatic sex education, sexological body work, surrogacy, um, as well as Tantra and BDSM um, to help people kind of explore all the things that they would like to. Um, and it's really through a, a lens of somatic um, sex therapy. And also, um, while I'm not a therapist, it ends up being very therapeutic in nature.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um- well, I'm curious, as you were hearing Eric's question, what were some of the first things that came to mind for you about what he might be experiencing or where to start?
1: Yeah. So I, I think a couple of things he said were interesting. One was he, he's not depressed. Um, he, erections are fine, which is great. Um, he did say that he's 40 and that he's having a trouble initiating his wife is more initiating or his partner. And so I would, I, um, Something I find in clients specifically over 40 is that their arousal pathway has shifted. And so a lot of men who, um, you know, in their 20s and 30s were just sort of at the ready and like ready to go all the time need a little bit more of a progression in their arousal process. Um, and so it can be a new discovery um, as your body changes, as you shift and mature of like what turns you on and. Um, And so there's a question for me there of what turns him on and also just this noticing that it's not going to come on its own, that there is like an exploration in how he would like to be invited and also some exploration in how he can invite his partner into erotic space um, that's conscious, Um, that's not like we're taking a nap together and it's going to happen on its own because it's not going to you know, hormones, hormones start to shift as well. Um, And so it could be uh, just going to get your hormones checked and seeing where your testosterone levels are. One thing I always recommend clients is to have your doctor test also free testosterone because a lot of times insurance companies um, don't cover both tests. And so the doctor will run the first one and you might get the results back and they're like, you're fine. You're in the realm of, you know, the um, the middle place and you're fine. And then you're kind of like, well, my energy level's low and, you know, I don't know what's going on. And then you have to go back. And six months later, they're like, your free testosterone's really low. And free testosterone is what's really readily available in your body for use and energy and arousal and all the good stuff. And so, um, testing for both could be also something worth, worth looking into.
0: Absolutely. Let's assume that medically, everything is where it is optimal for him, right? Let's talk a little bit about what you said a few seconds ago, the inviting in of pleasure and and creating those opportunities and being really intentional about it. It's, It's a hard place to be when you're feeling disconnected or disinterested in sex or about anything really Mm -hmm. in life to kind of find the oomph and the activation to move into that space. But how do you work with people to help them shift right from that passive? It's just going to happen or it won't into an active. I have some autonomy space.
1: Well, I think, um, a lot of times when clients come to work with me, and, and I just want to note that I work with um, clients in immersion. So I don't work with clients less than three days at a time. Um, and really the first day, it's I, I call it like watering roots, which is like people are just so um, kind of thirsty and hungry for um, attention and also focus, right? So we're just, we're at work and we have like emails coming in from our family and just a lot of noise all the time. And so um, when people come to work with me, it's sort of like, okay, we're turning our phones off and you're in this space. The exploration is solely about you. My focus is solely on you. There's nothing you could share with me that is off the table that is going to make me run out the door. This is a safe space. Um, And that's really important for people to To be able to take in what I call like nutritious nutrients, right, of all the things that they're going to take with them when they leave, they can't be coming from a place of dry roots, which is I feel starved um, for all these things. And so um, I think an exploration specifically for men, um, you know, our focus is always out. We're doing a lot of outward focus, like we're taking care of family, whether it's financial or Um, getting people together at work. We are a lot of the focus is out. I also think, you know, despite what um, messaging is, I do feel a lot of men are worried about pleasing their women in bed um, and taking care of their women. Um, Specifically, the ones like this man who's asking this question, right? Um, I really want to acknowledge him for being curious about it, um, which is like a, a big step in anything to be like, you know what? I'm feeling like I'm losing my mojo a little bit. I'm curious about how to get it back, you know, mm-hmm. and to even ask the question um, is a great place to start.
0: I just wanna, uh, I want to echo that. I really love what you said about him stopping to ask the question is really important. And that really is the first shift into taking action, which I think so many men are organized around that idea of taking action that feels really um, enlivening and it feels like something to do, right?
1: You know, it's interesting. You say, you know, there's something to do, right? So men are are a lot of times in their active role. A lot of men are not in a place of, or really good at receiving, right? Receiving feedback, asking for help, um, even receiving touch. Um, You know, and I think this is sort of like across the board, with all bodies. Um, but I, I do find that men have a hard time asking for these things because there is this expectation that they're supposed to have it all figured out. Right. Um, in terms of a self-pleasuring practice of like getting back to your mojo, you know, I'm going to talk about porn in two different ways. The first way that I'm going to talk about porn is that there's actually like useful information there of like, what turns me on? What kind of bodies turn me on? What kind of scenarios turn me on? Of like, you know, if someone were to tell me what kind of porn they watch and what kind of things that they fantasize about, I could actually distill it down to um, actually what their core erotic theme is, which a lot of times is not what is presented in the actual porn or fantasy. It's like, what's that deep thing that's there? Whether it's um, being the center of attention, being desired, being taken from being in control, you know, that we can kind of deduce from, from knowing what their, their fantasies are. And then we can apply it to everything, right? We can apply it to how they make invitations to their partner, how they receive invitations. Um, We can apply it to like what they're wearing, um, how they create scenes or, um, you know, things that turn them on, toys that they bring into play. But those kind of key elements are really important in, in a discovery process. Um, so that's one way that porn is, it can be really useful. I think if we're talking about embodiment and really like getting back to your own body, um, you know, porn again, is an outward projection. Like we're watching this and um, seeing what we're seeing. And it sometimes takes us away from being in our body. We're like, you know, I'll just speak from an eye place of using porn in this way of, I got my cock in my hand and I've got my porn here and I'm in my cock and my porn. Right. And that's sort of, sort of it. And I just want to name that that can be a valuable um, tool and one way that you can masturbate and bring your body pleasure. I think when we get into a space of thinking, that's the only tool we have and that's the only way we can do it. It becomes limiting um, and so a lot of times what I recommend clients to do is find maybe audio that's really sexy for them. And as they're masturbating and watching the porn to actually move the image away from from themselves and close their eyes and just listen to the audio and allow yourself to um, conjure the image of what's going on based on the audio. So this is sort of like a using porn in a different way.
0: I love that you bring that up because so many men that we work with at Modern Intimacy are trying to find a relationship with sex beyond their relationship with porn. And that's not to say that they have to or even want to eradicate porn from the way that they experience pleasure. But I think a lot of men are realizing that what they see and and enjoy in porn is not consistent with what is available in sex that they have with real life partners, but they're struggling to Mm -hmm. create reach, right? With partners in real life that does light them up and does feel really exciting. So what do you recommend in terms of cultivating pleasure and developing new, um, erotic blueprints separate from porn you know changing the kind of porn is one way to do it yeah. going from visual to audio porn or even written porn that can create a lot of shifts in what's erotically yeah. available but if we were to put put porn aside altogether what would you recommend to men or anyone trying to think about what turns them on in different ways and start that exploration
1: to answer the question There are ways to to have a self-pleasuring practice that do not involve porn. And it's going to feel a little crunchy in the beginning because you're breaking a pattern. You're starting a new pattern. And so my invitation really is to stick with it and also set aside um, increments of time. So 15 minutes to start and then move up to 30 and then give yourself an hour. And so when I say self-pleasuring practice... Um, I'm not necessarily talking about masturbation, which is cock in hand and stroking your cock. It can include that, but acknowledging that you have this huge, beautiful body landscape to explore. um, And really, when I'm needing to reconnect with myself and needing to reconnect with my own body and my own eroticism, my self-pleasuring practice in this way is really important for me of just finding a space setting a time container which usually for me is an hour I set an hour aside I I play music I oftentimes will dance I'll move around the room I'll stretch um, a self-pleasuring practice is leaning into what feels pleasurable for me in that moment so my body might be asking for um, stretches it might be asking for um, push-ups or sit-ups like what is my body asking for in that moment and I'm gonna say that it, it takes a level of attunement right of listening right to kind of push away all the things that are going on and really look inward and 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 feel inward of what does my body want right now and if you're focusing on pleasure it might be it might be your thighs it might be your chest and not necessarily your cock
0: such a great point we're so often told and and Conditioned to believe that that pleasure and masturbation is really all about genital stimulation. So, in a pleasure practice, decentering the penis and decentering the idea of an of an orgasm is such a great place to start. Um, because, it, to your point, we have all of this really wonderful uh, erogenous opportunity all over our bodies, and mm-hmm. in the work that we do as um, people in the helpers in the sexual wellness area, it's always such a joy for me to watch when somebody has reconnected or connected for the first time with a part of their body that they didn't even know they felt so alive in, right? And that feels really Mm -hmm. important in creating this opportunity for different kinds of pleasure. How do you recommend people get started with developing an embodiment practice. It's such an easy sounding practice, but it's so much more involved.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I can speak to sort of my embodiment practices and what I teach in my practice to clients. Um, you know, in somatic, somatic work, breath, movement, sound and choice and voice are very important tenets of, of our work. And so as I say it, it's like, just breathe, just make sound and just move around. And it sounds really simple and easy. And I'll say specifically men have a really hard time moving. Right. So if I'm doing an embodiment movement practice and I'm like, move how you feel feels good for you. Right. And it often is like, looks like they're in a box, like they can't really move. And it's because Life has not permissioned them to move. And so it's again an embodiment practice of movement. Same thing with sound and voice, of saying, okay, I I would I'm inviting your big voice here. And a lot of people getting stuck around their chest and their throat area of like, I actually can't physically move sound, right? I can't move big sound. I can't yell. Right. I, I don't have the capacity. And so it becomes a practice of of inviting those into the space and also noticing how liberating they can be. Um, and the other one is is using your voice to ask for what you want. Um, this is also incredibly challenging. Um, so these are sort of 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 my work and they're all part of embodiment practices.
0: I really appreciate what you said about a lot of men not really knowing how to move or not knowing what to do with their bodies when they're invited to move because of, I think, the prohibitions that many men are conditioned around to only know how to move in activities of competition right, or activities of sport. And that idea of receiving pleasure or engaging pleasure without there being a goal can be really challenging sometimes psychologically for some men to get to. But also, it can sometimes evoke a lot of fear in men. They don't know how to do something, and then they feel a lot of shame around not knowing what that means or not understanding how to even sort of bring awareness into their bodies. So when you're working with men in particular in in this area, how do you help them... Challenge that shame or any fear that might come up about, am I doing it right? Or, um, what is this supposed to feel like or any other insecurities that might be present for them?
1: We, we practice and inevitably those things come up. Mm-hmm. So inevitably shame comes up inevitably, um, kind of a feeling of like ridiculousness comes up. Um, just being able to name, I feel ridiculous. And I will name, I feel ridiculous moving about the room like this. And I feel ridiculous doing it in front of you. Like we're two grown men and we're we're like having this dance party alone in, in my studio here. Um, so being able to name it and then also keep going, right? So noticing that there are obstacles, noticing I feel really stiff in my hips. I feel really stiff in my shoulders. Great, can you allow your body to move just a little bit more? Great. Keep going. Right? And so acknowledging that it's not going to happen in one day, right? That if you want to liberate your body um from a movement cage, you're going to have to move. And so starting each morning with a movement practice that involves using your voice and being able to be loud and and in using it in different ways and embodying animals or embodying your feminine or embodying your 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 masculine whatever sort of brings you into a more fluid space acknowledging that um you'll have to keep going there to create a new pattern
0: yeah can you say a little bit more about some of the breath work that you would encourage people to engage in when they're trying to figure out how to move or how to be in their bodies?
1: So I think there's you know a couple of things with breath work. A, if you're trying to relax the body, you're going to breathe in, in down-regulation breaths, right? So deep, deep breaths and deep exhales. But there's also a way to use breath that um, increases sort of your vitality and, and, and is going to be up-regulated and gets you excited Um, You know, something like the big draw is something that I use, you know, after masturbation or even to use it um, as a way of heightening my orgasm, which is, you know, 20 breaths through the nose, exhale out 20. It's two short breaths through the nose, um, one long breath out 20 times with three followed and you clench the body and let go. You know, this comes from Taoism and it, it feels a lot like an orgasm feels like an orgasm that doesn't have ejaculation. It's a really nice way to um, spread the energy that you've created and cultivated during your practice um, without releasing uh, semen. Um, and for some people, it gives them a sense of, of power and personal power in it throughout their week. Um, And for some people like me, I use that breath to sort of have larger orgasms um, and multiple orgasm. So there's a lot of ways to use breath. I would say specifically for people that don't know they're breathing, add sound to the breath, right? So if you take an inhale, you know you're breathing if you can hear yourself breathing. And specifically in movement of, you know, you're working up a sort of sweat, you're working up uh, your body moving and you're feeling um, heat. And so to allow yourself to emote with breath is really important.
0: So you mentioned power being one of the things that you work with a lot in that I definitely remember seeing on your work on your website. And so many of the, the folks that I work with when they're in this sort of, I don't want to call it a when they're in this this disconnected space, I often find that when they get a little bit more clear about what's going on in life, they feel disempowered or kind of cut off from a sense of um, autonomy or a sense of uh, agency in their world. And that can show up in this passivity or this detachment from their sexual virility. And so I wonder about how you help people start to explore power or what are some questions that they might ask themselves to consider whether or not power is something that needs to be evaluated um, as an impediment to desire and, or how it might be something that is important in the cultivation of desire.
1: You know, that's such an individual question. I think I'm just going to speak about men again I think you know when I talk about dominance and submission, and I talk about um, power in sex. I think you know when I'm speaking um, to submissives about how to step into submission more. The the invitation is: can you leave society at the door, right? Because when we come into this space, it's not valuable here. So one of the the Best things someone has said to me is um, after kind of like thinking, talking through an experience of a BDSM session was. I was like, "What was hot? What was hard about this?" And they had been asked to go to the studio and bring back a collar, and they were asked to do that on their hands and knees. So, what when we were discussing what was hot and what was hard? What was hard was crawling to the studio, getting the collar and bringing it back. What was hot was also crawling to the studio, getting the collar and bringing it back. So oftentimes the things that are hard and things that go against what we're told in society, they're transgressive in nature, those are the hottest things, right? A grown man or grown woman is not gonna be crawling around on their knees getting you things in real life. but in erotic space that's really sexy. And so sometimes it's as you are um, stepping into your submission and even stepping into your dominance or your, your power in that way. And I'm going to say that there's a lot of power in submission as well. Um, but for men who are wanting to be more dominant or being asked to be more dominant, it's sort of similar. There's a surrender that happens, which is, I've got to let go of the fact that I'm a good husband am a good father and good, good men don't tell their women what to do. Good men don't spank their women. Well, good men don't push their women against the wall or throw them around the room. Well, that is true. And when there's an agreement and there's an ask, right? Somebody's saying, I, I actually want you to throw me around. I want you to smack me in my face. I want you to spank my ass. You know, the, the contract changes and the work For a dominant or a work for a man who is wanting to be in his dominance, the work is actually letting go of societal pressures as well and stepping into something that is a little more animal body, which is really challenging for a lot of men.
0: It is really challenging, especially when a lot of the men that have this dilemma internally are partnered with someone that they really care about and really respect. And it's hard for them to step into a space where being more dominant might also take the appearance of being devaluing, degrading, dismissive in some way, because that's not who they are and who they want to be in their real lives. And the idea Mm -hmm. that it might be sexually interesting for them or for their partners can evoke so much fear that somewhere deep inside their personality, this is who they really are, right? So it's really important for folks who are in that space to get clear about what it is you're agreeing to with your partner so that you can feel really confident that they want it. that that they are inviting. And Mm -hmm. then you know each other's limits, right? Because that's part of being partnered and exploring in this space together that can be so beautiful. You get to share these uh, explorations of the limits together. And that can be a really intimate space.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, specifically for couples that have been together a long time, it can be really scary to ask for these things um, specifically like 10 years in, 20 years in, and desires have changed. You know, I want to go back to your caller, the the man who wrote in, who's 40 years old. I don't know how long he's been with his, his partner. I think another question I would ask from him is, do you want your wife? <laughs> do you want to be with your wife sexually? And that's an important question. It's a hard one for people to come to 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 terms with of you might not just be into that person at this moment and you need to find something else that, that brings that person back to life for you. Um, And sometimes that is an exploration of yourself and also being able and feeling safe to say, I actually, I'm into this and it's really rough to share with you because you're the person I love the most we've got 20 years on the line. We've got kids, we've got a house. There's so much at stake and you're my best friend. There's a lot at stake in in sharing desires that um, could be less than savory and received in a way that's, that's not, that's not accepted or heard or felt if that makes sense. Mm, It does. It
0: does. And so many partners, come into that conversation with good faith and they really want to explore those dynamics with their partner. And it's often a big surprise when they, in fact, have their own big fantasies and desires that they've been sitting on for a while and haven't known how to share. So when there is that really strong foundation between two people, having that the courage to lean into that together and respond from a place of non-judgment is kind of... You know, the the gift into opening the next chapter in your relationship. Um, So Mm -hmm. what, what would you, what advice do you want every man to walk away really holding close to the heart, close to the skin um, about their relationship with pleasure?
1: I think, you know, what I would love people to walk away with just maybe from this brief interview is that pleasure is really nuanced it's really personal i would invite weirdness (laughs) invite exploration and curiosity um you know i invite movement and you know explore your voice and what comes out explore clothing and how that changes you um and alters your mood you know exploring what brings you pleasure?
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, especially around inviting in the weirdness, it's it's so necessary when we're talking about pleasure and expanding our awareness of pleasure and being in the body differently that we give ourselves grace for being uncomfortable, vulnerable, silly, goofy, out of the lines. You know, it that's part of the beauty. Of life is being able to just be silly. And when we remember that pleasure, whether it's sexual, sensual, or otherwise, is really an extension of play and vitality in our adult lives. I think it can make it a lot more permissible to not know what to do and to not care about not knowing what to do. And just let that be a starting point for exploration. All right, great. Well, Court, thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation about pleasure. Where can people reach you if they want to learn more about what you do or if they want to work with you?
1: Great. So uh, you can find me on the internet at www.thebodyvox, that's B-O-D-Y-V-O-X, and just generally searching my name, Courtvox, and Courtvox on Instagram.
0: Amazing. Thank you. We'll include all of Court's information in the show notes for today. And as always, thank you everyone for listening and being a part of this journey with us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Modern Intimacy Podcast. On Instagram, follow me at Dr. Kate Balastrari and at the Modern Intimacy. On TikTok, check me out at Dr. Kate Balastrari and on Twitter at Kate Balastrari. Everyone has questions about mental health, sex, and relationships. Send yours to me via DM on Instagram or email them to questions at modernintimacy.com and I'll answer some at the end of each episode. Visit the website, modernintimacy.com, to schedule a consultation with a member of our team or to sign up for our newsletter. Let's meet back here next week. New episodes air every Tuesday. Reminder, this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for mental health services. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.